This episode is brought to you in partnership with MSI. The MSI Creator 17 is the world's first laptop with a mini LED display, providing exceptional color accuracy and true-to-life visuals. Powered by the latest 10th gen Intel Core i7 processor, this laptop was designed and optimized for next generation performance, so you can spend less time rendering and more time creating. Take a look for yourself at MSI.com. What's going on world and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince and today's guest is Andrew Ling. He's an independent photographer slash director of photography born and raised in Seattle, Washington. He helps as many of the world's he helps many of the world's leading brands tell their stories through imagery. His background in business, marketing, in addition to his work experience brings a unique understanding of both client and agency side of the projects. Ling was also the cover image of which issue was this? Issue 2 of the Art of Visuals magazine back in 2016. So, Bing, that was also, uh, Ling, that was your first print publication, and today is your first podcast with the fam. It's really great to have you, bro. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's so good to be here. Yeah, this, that was my first cover, first podcast. Yeah, usually pretty sheltered and just working pretty quiet, but yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, bro. I'm, I'm stoked to get you out of your shell. Let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, you want to start us off with giving the AOV family a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, for sure. I am born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Still live here. I'm 26 years old. Man, I'm getting old. <laughs> Losing track. I'm 26 years old. A lot of stuff I shoot is just outdoorsy, really kind of weird looking outer. I try to just shoot everything automotive, outdoors, landscape, travel, sports. Um, yeah, just, I, I like to keep it fun. I think a lot of people are like, I stick to one thing and get really good at it. And, you know, I, I think that if, if you put in the time, anyone can be really good at shooting anything and just shooting whatever they want. So I'm a big believer in that. And I like to shoot a lot of different things. For sure. Let's chat a little bit about how, how did you get into photography in the first place? Because you definitely were in the first wave of like Instagram photographers back in the day. You know, there's like two or three waves now, but you were definitely part of that first wave. Yeah, man, that was a, that's a while ago now. I can't believe like we're in 2020 now and that was back. I think I, w- I would say I was coming out of school like 2016, wrapping up. Um, I actually went to school for business, um, finance and marketing, which is, you know, not the traditional artsy background or anything. Um, and I was just like, I think I had met some friends in school that started, you know, taking me to the outdoors, which was not something I'd grown up around a lot. And it's been seeing these mountains and stuff that were only really like two hours away from me this whole time, but I've been seeing them for the first time. I was like, man, this is crazy. And yeah, you just have to think I had never seen anything like that before. Um, I was just completely blown away and I kind of just wanted to take pictures of the stuff that I was doing out there is hiking, climbing and stuff. And just to show friends and family back home, like, Hey, like, this is like what I'm doing. Um, and it got, it got picked up. I got, you know, lucky with that. So picked up and kind of grew from there. So it was almost like the adventure came first and then photography was just kind of a byproduct of you and your peeps just being out having fun. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, a great way for people to start or shoot what you love and, you know, what's kind of already there. For sure. Um, let's chat. So before we get a little deeper into photography, uh, I'm curious, how has, you know, during the coronavirus epidemic, how has like the last month been for you? You're probably the youngest guy I've talked to in the last you know few weeks since all this stuff kind of took off. And so I'm interested to hear your perspective on everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this time is just, it's just really crazy in general for everyone right now. I think in every industry in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think there are a lot of different ways to look at it. I like, I like to try to keep a positive spin on it. Um, try to stay productive, but yeah, for myself, especially I, I'm really lucky um, and grateful to have had good opportunities and connections and stuff that enables me to, stay employed right now which is really good um really thankful for that so yeah it's just even oh man yeah i don't want to get off track but yeah there are people that are like oh there's you know nothing to do right now or i'm stuck um, i think there's always something to do whether it's building on your skills you know working on different sources of income or whatever it may be um and for those who are really struggling there's a lot of good assistance out there that um, you know, hopefully can provide some links to or something for people that are struggling like that later, but dope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I think I appreciate your perspective. Like you, I like to, you know, keep an optimistic approach to things. Uh, even though I feel like as a collective, we're all feeling it right. Like there's a lot going on and like, we can't just turn away from that. And I think we can all feel that to some extent, but we can, you know, do what we can do to, I guess, have a positive outlook on it, which, at least for me, is always the way to go. I want to chat with you a little bit about your personal life. So what was it like? Grow- so did you grow up in Seattle? Yeah, I did. Born and raised here. Never really left much, actually. Yeah, never really. I don't even know when the first time. You didn't you was weren't hitting the mountains when you, were that, when you were young. So what were you doing as a kid growing up in Seattle? <sighs> Probably just, man, I used to like, I don't know, just... <laughs> you said it was like a gang member. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, you say gamer? Yeah. Oh, my bad. It cut out right there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, bro. I banged for only a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, short appropriate. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I would do a lot of stuff. I, I just, I don't know, I just. I was kind of the guy that was always hanging out with a bunch of different groups and types of people, you know, um, I was really into sports, but yeah, you know, I didn't do that like extensively, but I played sports when I could, um, I play video games. Yeah. Did not gangbang. <laughs> yeah. What was I doing, man? Just studying, you know, you know, like when you're a kid, you just feel like you're just busy all the time. Yeah. And then you look back and like, what was I really doing? Yeah. Spend time with family, friends, hanging out, just very regular, regular, kid teenager growing up things you know nothing crazy right we're at in seattle i used to live there for a little minute when i was young what no way Uh, Uh i would have went to camp meridian high school oh Kent down south okay yeah i know yeah no i was just like 20 minutes north of the city shoreline is where i grew up to elementary middle high school all there and i just went to school down at uw down in seattle so yeah, pretty close by. Did you, when you were growing up, was your family like, uh, 
did you guys travel a lot or was that not really a thing? We traveled when we could, like we would, it'd usually be closer trips, like up to Canada, Vancouver, we'd drive up there two hours. We'd maybe drive down to California every few years for a little family vacation. Yeah. We never really, yeah, we, tra- we traveled when we could. Um, I don't even remember when the first time I got on an airplane was, it might've been like near when I was graduating high school or something. Um, yeah. So not, not too much traveling when, that's cool though. Road tripping, I feel like as far as a family dynamic goes, that's so much better than like flying places. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And I love that. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And yeah, it got me and my family super close and you know, it's good times. It was great times. Loved yeah. it. That's rad. Um, what about like your internal motivations? Like you seem to be really motivated for someone your age. I'm trying to think that at 26, 26 how long ago was that five years ago 26 i guess i was pretty dialed but 24 like i feel like you've been dialed for a minute yeah yeah and so what 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 motivates you know someone as young like because you've you've accomplished a lot already thank you you know which is is really awesome so i'm curious you know what what motivates you yeah i guess i've always just been just really driven almost to a fault just like crazy driven um a lot of that probably comes from, I have an older brother, um, he's like five years older than me, just, you know, just being competitive and stuff growing up. Um, he basically got me into a lot of things that I love, like sports, which I would say has had a huge influence on me, just really admiring those players, um, competing at the highest level in the world and all the dedication and work they have to put in is, it's just something I've always admired and kind of tried my best to translate over to what I do. You know, this is kind of the kind of my personality type is really just wanting something, focusing on it, honing in um, and just doing whatever it takes. Absolutely. Whatever it takes to achieve it. I love it, dude. W.I.T., baby. <laughs> whatever it takes. Let's go. Um, love it. It's always it's always super interesting because I feel like there's creatives that are consider themselves just like very creative. And then there's like the athlete creative that's like very like regimen, you know, practice, putting in the hours and like taking things like very serious in that in that athletic approach. And so I always appreciate people like that because I think at the end of the day, like talent can be taught, I think, but hard work and and work ethic and and the process, I think, Mm -hmm. is where the magic happens. And I think that's the hardest thing for most people to grasp. Yeah, no, I agree. I love that. Actually, like, I don't ever think that I'm like the most talented or the most creative person just naturally, but I just try to soak everything I can up like a sponge, like people from whatever, every single industry or whoever I come across, I just try to soak up everything I can um, and then try to apply it into different forms and whatnot. So who have been some of your biggest inspirations on your creative journey? Ah, create a journey, man. Also, ah, artists. Mm. This kind of, I hope, I hope some of my answers aren't too weird. Like, I mean, like when I look at other industries or other, you know, types of arts, like I look to like, I'll look to like music artists, like, you know, it could be like corny or really basic, but like, I just like, I love like Drake and just, just anyone. Like I look to like music artists for inspiration for creativity in my photo work or video work or animation or whatever it is. Like I remember 
I, I almost can't even explain it. Like I'll just put on some tunes, like a song at night and I'll just like feel this wave of creativity. I just want to like make stuff. Um, yeah. Sorry if that wasn't like the most clear answer, but I just feel inspired by them. Like just really s- as simple as that almost. And then I just let the creativity kind of just flow. Yeah, kind of weird, but it's just how it feels to me. It's kind of how I do it. No, I love that. I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's funny as you were talking in my head, I was like, dude, he's a feeler. You're like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm the same way. Like one of those guys that you you let the emotions kind of t- dictate the creativity. So it's like the music, you catch your vibe, you're riding the vibe, and then it's just like photo's going to look this way because that's the mood and that's the vibe and that's the emotion right now. And that probably dictates your palate and, and all that stuff, huh? Yeah, no, exactly. And I guess like to, I, a lot of the times it might be kind of weird, but I don't look directly towards a lot of other like photo or video artists for, they, they inspire me in different ways. I love their hard work. I love, you know, how some people are blowing up, but they're still kind and humble. They inspire me in those ways, but I don't try directly to look inspiration from them because I don't want my work my artistic work to just be a copy of another photographer. If that makes sense. I don't want my photos just to kind of look like someone else's photos. I want them to kind of be my own. So yeah, I kind of, I don't like to draw direct photo inspiration from photos, but yeah, the they're awesome. The people are awesome. So I look to them for other sources, other types of inspiration as well. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's weird at all. I think, um, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's overwhelming too, just like always looking for insp- like inspiration ideas in the space because it just yeah it can be a lot. I, I like you enjoy looking to like architects and fashion designers and musicians and just cre- just designers you know just creative people, product development things like that and uh, seeking inspiration in those other those other channels. Yeah, exactly. I think you nailed it right there. That's 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 a great way to put it. So, your color, I want to I want to talk about it just a little bit about your like personal style. I feel like mm-hmm. you can always tell like when it's like an Andrew Ling shot. <laughs> like how did like how did you go about developing your creative like look and, and feel? I think a, a bit of that came from just I'd say a bit of it came from my personality. I'm, I can be pretty quiet or I can be loud at times. But a lot of the time I can be pretty quiet and just reserved and to myself. So like that kind of comes through on some of the pictures. Um, and then an, another big part of it, I think is just the locations I had been going to. Like if, even if it was Iceland, it was a, you know, a ton of photographers are going there, but it was during really crazy times where no one was out during big storms and stuff or, really remote parts in Alaska or just really anywhere really remote kind of contributed to that look of, and look and feel of just being really, you know, desolate or eerie or just, you know, that kind of alone feeling, I don't know, mysterious, weird feeling, but it's like otherworldly. Yeah, exactly. That's the word. <laughs> so what's the, let me jump into cat. So, cause I wanted, I want to ask you about a specific set of photos, but Kath had hit me up and asked a question. Uh, my detox travel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Patagonia girl, I think. Yeah. Catherine, she's super, super awesome. Question was, 
Was the yellow outfit in your Iceland images planned? This whole series is so visually pleasing. Yeah, I actually, man, that goes back a while. And I guess I never really, I won't go too into it, but I guess in like high school, I was really into like all the hype clothing and, you know, Supreme and all that stuff and Jordans and whatnot. So that kind of came from it. Um, I was really into, I guess, streetwear um, before. So yeah, I kind of, I think I bought that thing just cause maybe kind of for photos it's been like five six years and i mean my favorite part of it is it's actually functional like it's north face it's cortex like full waterproof windproof like suitable for all the crazy elements and it would just kind of give it that little extra pop and yeah the best part is it was actually functional in those extremely cold windy wet environments that actually keep me dry and stuff but yeah it also give it that little extra pop so right yeah, people kind of like that a lot, so I just had that. They're beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah, a lot of those are from that one Iceland trip back then in the winter. And yeah, I try. I don't. I don't wear that thing a lot. Obviously, sometimes it feels kind of funny if I'm out by people. <laughs> You're like really it's funny. Yeah, no, it's a lot. All my clothes. Anyone close to me always gives me a hard time about. It. I think it's funny. <laughs> I laugh at it too. So and, it's all good. And you got the gold one. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that gold one came after, um, and that gold one actually got me one of my biggest clients right now. It evolved into a really good long-term partnership, which we can get into later when we talk about all that stuff. But yeah, it kind of just started off as fun. Um, it gave it a different sort of look. It kind of combined my love at the time for streetwear with the outdoors environment, which was you know, two worlds that had not been mixed at all, really. Like, just, I don't know, just to be really frank with it, like, anyone who was usually into streetwear or, like, Jordans, Mingled or whatever, it was almost like, you know, these separate worlds that had never met. And, like, both these things are things I loved. And, like, I just kind of wanted to combine them. And then my goal at the time was, like, oh, I want to, like, shoot for these cool brands in these amazing places. I was like, why are people not shooting more campaign work or ads and stuff out here because you know at the time it was still all this stuff was brand new to me i was like these are the most beautiful places in the world like i want to bring any brand i can here to shoot so yeah you broke up for a second but i'm assuming you're just talking about how like the streetwear world didn't really clash like those guys that rock jays and were fitted didn't you wouldn't catch them out you know hiking right exactly yeah never you would not catch him dead out there you would never because I, I was like that guy you know growing up when i was younger but then i also love the outdoors and i'm like dude i really hate that i have to like in my opinion at least like i know there's like outdoor people that enjoy their look for me though there's times where i'm like dude, i don't want to wear these like dorky shoes and like these pants like i want to wear like cool stuff but like still go do my thing like i want it to be outdoor gear but just like <laughs> cool outdoor gear yeah, no, exactly. I just, I'm just all about trying to, you know, combine the best of different worlds. So yeah, that was my way of doing it. Yeah, that was, that was obviously a huge, huge hit. What are you working on right now? You got any neat, exciting projects? Yeah, actually I'm working on maybe one of my biggest projects today. It's a project with phase one. I don't know how familiar the audience is with phase one and stuff, but yeah, quick background. They just make 
I would say the best, the best cameras on the planet. Um, just really simple. It's not all about megapixels and stuff, but 151 megapixel sensor. But the big thing is unmatched color accuracy. Like I would say a lot of goals for like photographers is like, you know, people are like, I wish I could just take a picture with my eye. And like, that's literally what it is. Like the colors almost come out one for one, literally what you see. Absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was a bit of background. So the project is where we are basically releasing like a photo guide book type of thing about just my workflow, how to take your photography to the next level. Basically, it's like a travel landscape photography guide. It's about to release soon. There are four videos to it. There's like a 10, 15 page little ebook on it, just all about my work and how I took the phase one XT, um, to Alaska. So I don't know how much I can say about it, but yeah, it's crazy. We flew over the Alaska range shot out of the window of this airplane. It was 40 degrees below zero, um, crazy stuff, but yeah, super excited. It should launch soon this month or maybe next month. Nice. So that's rad. So you're about to drop your, uh, your masterclass. (laughs) <laughs> basically yeah yeah except best part is it'll be free so that's so yeah that's, stay tuned for that that's awesome definitely let me know when that comes out so i can can share that i'm sure the audience would love to go check that out awesome um, what gear are you using i am shooting on i've got a couple of sony a7r 3s um i love those for on the go stuff and then for the bigger projects i'll shoot the phase one xt with the it's called an iq4 back that's the sensor it just depends on my needs but yeah that thing's it's amazingly portable and compact but it's it's relatively the sony's are relatively faster to shoot on easy to set up and whatnot so right what's the uh, sony's yeah <laughs> what's your go-to lens ah that's hard man i'm kind of a bit of a gear nerd so it just it just you, depends on, let me ask you uh, are you the guy that that hikes with the big ass bag and has every lens that he owns <laughs> or are you are you the or are you the guy that picks like two or three lenses? oh dude i cannot tell you how many times i have just brought way too many lenses and then there have been times where i have not even i have there have been times where so i'll have like my camera out and maybe, you know, like the 24 to 70 or the 16 or something, I'll have one lens and one body out I'll have a bag full of gear. And there have been times where I'll go up and down the mountain and have not touched my bag. <laughs> 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 yeah, my, I would say I use, you know, it's like a lot of other people, a 24 to 70, I use a lot. But, you know, when I can, when, when space and time and, you know, time to change lenses and space to pack allows for, I, I love the primes. The Sony 24 mil 1.4 and the 85 mil 1.4, two of my favorites right now. So I'll rock those on one of each of the Sony bodies. Yeah, or the 24 to 70 and the 70 to 200 setup. Any of those, you know, just depends. Depends on the shoe. Sorry, that was the short answer. It depends. <laughs> if I keep giving these long answers, just cut me off. <laughs> you know, you're, you're so good, dude. What, what's some advice that you wish you had known when you were just getting started in your photography career? Man, uh, let me think of one thing. Uh, A lot of the people, whenever people ask me for advice, sometimes I feel like it's bad, but like, I just, I give really simple advice because I just try to keep things simple. So I just try to tell people just find 
something that you love and just shoot it until you just really truly master it. And like, if, if you're shooting something you love, you'll just, you'll probably get pretty damn good at it. Cause you're just shooting it nonstop. And then after that, take it up another level, like past that after you think you've mastered it, take it one step further. And yeah, a lot of people like they don't like hearing it or like they don't like hearing my advice sometimes. Just, maybe it's too blunt. Maybe it's too simple sounding, but just shoot to death. Like just shoot until your camera breaks. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll, dude, I love it. Keep it simple, man. It's I think sometimes as humans, we like to overcomplicate things, right? Yeah. And so it's always, exactly. best, it's always best to just keep it simple. Do you know someone named Hugs? Hugs got the juice. Yeah, yeah. Huso, yeah. That's one of my buddies. Huso, what did he say? <laughs> he's, he's saying explicit things. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's Andrew's got to know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he's saying explicit things, I apologize. He's like, ask him about blazing from B Dubs. <laughs> that's funny i like how you actually pass that on no that's just you guys have like buffalo wild wings and stuff yeah yeah the chicken wing place and you have you heard of their blazing wings Mm -hmm. those are yeah hot ones yeah yeah these super hot ones and they have that they for yeah for the people who don't know they have like the wing challenge where like they give you seven of the blazing spicy wings and if you eat in under seven minutes it's free or whatever but like he makes fun of me because whenever we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I just like order them like for fun just to eat just because. And like they'll always be like, do you want to do the challenge? I'm like, no, nah, I'll just like get them and I just want to like enjoy them. And like, yeah, people just think I'm crazy. I, I love spicy food, like crazy <laughs> spicy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Shout out anybody that loves really spicy food. <laughs> I'm that guy. I don't, I don't, you, I haven't done B-dubs though since I was in college. I, my, so my fiance, when we first started dating, I had a really hard time of like not like bringing the spice level down to the food so she could never mm-hmm. eat anything that I cooked. And then like, <laughs> I had to realize, I'm like, yeah, like you really got to start cooking different. And it was a bummer. Like I went through this period where I was like kind of upset because I had to change the whole style of how I cooked. So I like fun. spicy food and I couldn't make it spice anymore because of her, but uh, we got it all figured out now. <laughs> that's awesome when did you get engaged man congratulations thanks dude uh i got engaged like two months ago oh that's crazy yeah. that's awesome so that's been that's awesome man. it's been good man that's sweet another homie said how many packs of gushers can you eat in one day Ah, uh, is that uh michael millet is that, is that is. how do you yeah <laughs> i knew it was him he had yeah i work i work with him on some projects right now um he loves gushers man and it's so funny i just met the guy recently super cool awesome guy he's got a gusher problem and i love it it's so funny it cracks me up got and not guy. more than you not more than you mike <laughs> that, that gusher habit <laughs> yeah and then the last question max nicholas photo ask how do you know how do you know your value as a creator oh that's a good question how do i know my value as a creator i think just after after you have just put in like a a sickening amount of work into your craft you just that kind of comes with it because you've just been through all that and you put in all that work and 
yeah, you literally, you literally know firsthand your value and what you're worth because you know what it took for you to get there. And, you know, yeah, obviously it comes with a ton of hard work. And it, it, again, that that's another one of my unpopular answers that people might not like to hear. Yeah, grind it out and like, you'll know what you're worth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a quality answer. But. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, bro, like, it's not like you got all the answers. You know what I mean? Like people got to, yeah. that's what life is. That's what our journey is. You know, everyone's going to, you know, figure out those answers in different ways. And I agree, you know, you just got to do the work because your value is different than the next person. It's not like, oh, we've both been doing this for five years, so our value is equal because we're both photographers and we both shoot the same thing. We've both been doing it at the same time. Value is whatever your value is. Just you're an artist, like set the value. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait, hold up. Yeah. Let me give a better fall. I'll, I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more helpful there. So I guess, yeah, I guess going off what you said, which is real helpful, is value is really based on a lot of perception. So on our side as creative so mine and for the one asking um like as an artist side so it's kind of what that project means to you so for someone if you're early on in your career then being able to associate yourself with that brand might be really valuable to you even if they're not able to provide a lot of monetary value at the table initially and that might be fine if being associated or working with that brand or building that relationship is valuable, that would be valuable to you as an early creative. And then really straightforward and simple later, if you're, you know, five, 10, 15 years in your career, your value, you know, goes more straightforward into monetary terms and stuff. Kind of like when I say you put in the work, but a lot of it, I've realized that kind of, I haven't seen or heard around is value. A lot of the time is going to be just determined by the client. And just because a client doesn't have X amount of budget set aside for this project, that doesn't necessarily determine your value. That kind of just means, hey, this big company's marketing department only set aside X amount of dollars for this X specific project. So yeah, sometimes even if you're worth a lot and you know you feel like someone might be not offering, you know, what you think you're worth it. it. Sometimes it's not personal. Your work is great. Um, you've put in the work. Sometimes it's just the client hasn't budgeted enough for that project, if that makes sense. So yeah, value, like you were saying, Prince changes a lot uh, on a lot of different things. Most definitely. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I also think there's like the value creation aspect. So you have the project and they may value a photo shoot at, 2500 bucks because that's what they've paid in the past but i think that's the order taker mentality is like when you just take in the order and so you're just the photographer but if you can bring some knowledge to the table and you can you know take a more consultative approach like if you went to the doctor and they're like oh you need surgery like yo 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 like are you gonna ask me some questions and do some tests and some things and that's kind of what happens with photographers they just so yeah that'll be a photo shoot or this or that, you know, versus asking deeper questions and, and asking deeper questions, you may realize that this photo shoot or video shoot that you're about to do could, you know, increase the success of their product launch by 300% that could equate to $800,000 in revenue. So what you're doing is actually a massive benefit. It's a huge value. So the value that you're creating through this, you know, photo work or through this video shoot you know, might be worth 10 to 20% of the overall value creation. So now it's an $80,000 to $160,000 project 
versus, you know, some $2,500 photo shoot. Oh, I love that, man. You're just, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You're feeding all the answers. I love it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Tell, tell the client what the value, tell, tell people what your value is. Yeah. Straight up. That's, I love that. Yeah. You're making it easy for me now. <laughs> so what's the business, I guess, what's the business side of, of, of what you can, before we go into the business side, I actually want to say one thing about your Instagram. I love that you probably like, dude, you don't post a lot at all. Like you're not that yeah. active. You're on there from time to time. And I really appreciate that. You're not like, just like pushing out daily, <laughs> like a daily photo. You just 201 posts in between now and like 2015, bro. Like is like, nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like a post of one. <laughs> so yeah, I guess give me the background on that. Thanks man. Thanks. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. Like I don't, not a knock on anyone who posts every day. Like I said, I admire the hustle from all sorts of creators, from people that, you know, will post every day, every other day, whatever. Like, but yeah, I love that. I admire them. Not a knock on them. But yeah. I'll, I'll post sometimes once a month, sometimes once in three months. I don't know. I just, I try not to do the, all the Instagram stuff too much. Like I said, a lot of stuff I do is just based on feel. You know, if I'm feeling really creative, I want to put something together. And I guess I don't want to cut me off. I'm getting too off track here, but a lot of the stuff I put on Instagram, if it's not client work, it might just be my own work. It might just be what I'm feeling, what I want to do. And I've kind of noticed that a lot of clients will see your personal work, or at least from my experience, my, my personal work, and they'll love the vision and the creativity or whatever it may be through that. And then they'll want to talk and say, Hey, how can, how can we get you and your vision on board and things like that, which I really love because it makes me feel really valued as a creator um, that they're getting me because, you know, they want my vision or direction or something. So I just kind of post when I want, when I feel like I want to post something. Yeah. Just kind of whatever I'm feeling at the time. So, you know, just quality over quantity is best way to sum it up. I think. Right. What would you say? Uh, has been one of your like favorite creative projects, personal pieces on your Instagram? Uh, personal pieces, probably. I like that. I mean, that yellow suit one has been successful or whatever. Um, but I guess we'll skip that one because that one was kind of not, not intentional. We kind of talked about that one already. I like that color palette thing from way back and, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the first one to ever do it. Um, but yeah, I would say I was doing that a while ago. I, I don't even remember how that started. I think I was just searching the internet or something, but yeah, literally everyone's doing that now, which is great. It's not my original thing. I'm not going to claim it to be, but I love seeing that everywhere for a while. It was just cool. Like colors are, was that? What about the tech stuff? Like, I feel like you were early to the you see a lot of people doing like the small text on their photos now, but I remember like in 2017 you had photos yeah. that were tossing text on and little messages, like just these, like, you know, these one liners and these one line, like the stuff's super in now. You see a lot of people doing, you know, different things. What's the backstory to that? And, and I noticed that you, you do the wish you were here often. Like that's, yeah. are you, are you, I mean, is that directed at someone? 
dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me out like that on the podcast is funny. No, uh, yeah, I, I like how you notice that stuff. It's cool. Yeah, like I keep saying, I'm not going to be the one to claim that like I made that up or whatever. I'm sure there there's so many people so much more creative than me that have probably done a ton of things like that back then. But yeah, I'm glad you noticed that was a way back thing. Yeah, I don't know. I used to, I just, I like text. I like words a lot. I like to write and things like that. Yeah, I really like writing poetry and just reading. Just, I like words. Yeah, like a lot of stuff I say sounds super simple, but I like colors. I like words. Like that could sound so dumb to people, but it's just, it's simple. It's who I am. And just these little things were ways that I was just like, how can I like, add another layer to a photograph because photographs are just, they're everywhere, you know, like, and then now to put these photographs inside, like on a phone and just to make them teeny, teeny, tiny, like they just all, it just becomes so saturated. I'm like, how can I make this my own or how can I make someone feel something through this photo and how can I help them feel something? So, you know, that just kind of turned into like words or poetry or writing or just whatever, you know, just adding it to photos. Right. No, I love it, dude. I, I also really like another thing that I think is neat about your intentional lack of posting is you do a lot of like client work. So I feel like, you know, a lot of times the guys that aren't on Instagram posting a ton and not to say that there's not people, I know tons of people that post a lot and are doing a lot of client work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes, you know, that the people seems like the people that aren't overly being consumed on the Instagram platform oftentimes have better professional lives Mm -hmm. as far as like their craft goes outside of Instagram let's chat a little bit about the business side of what you do, Mr. Ling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What, what, like, what was the first, I guess, what was the first brand deal? Like when did, when were you like, Holy cow, like I can make money doing this. Yeah. So I like that you brought that up first of all, because I think it's really important. Yeah. I think my first major project was probably from Adobe. Um, I got really lucky with that. I had a great relationship with them and still do. Yeah. It's been about five, five, six years or something with them. Maybe. Yeah. Just lots of projects with them. Yeah. They were my first big project down in Patagonia. Yeah. First big major client that I still have a great relationship with to this day. That's epic. That's like a home run out of the gate <laughs> Adobe. Yeah. That's like, that's a great place to start. And it's pretty sweet that you've gotten the chance to build the relationship with them over the years. And I'm a big fan of long-term compounding relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that relationship has grown for you in the business with them. I'm sure over, you know, from the first project to now has probably mm-hmm. also grown with them. You want to speak to yeah. that a bit? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the very, very first project, I actually got super lucky. I was just a student, actually, and the project wasn't even paid or anything, but they took us down to Patagonia for a week, um, and the assignment was literally just to create. Um, They wanted to see how I, as a business student, would use Adobe software, basically, and just how I was creative and not just a business student. And that, I think, just really drew me in for so many different reasons because that was just that summed up everything that I had believed in because 
I get one of the worst, one of the worst things I I think I was, so yeah, when I was in business school, I wanted to take art classes, but a lot of the art classes, they wouldn't, I couldn't get in. Like, you know, I, I couldn't register online straight up. So I tried to go to the counselors, counselors or the professors and stuff that they wouldn't let me in because they're like, Oh, you're not in the art school. And I was like, man, that sucks. Like I was really bummed about that all the time because yeah, it bummed me out. Um, so yeah, went down to Patagonia, created all this stuff, captured sights, sounds, sensations, just everything we put into this exhibit in downtown LA for Earth Day. And it's it's still one of my favorite projects I've done today. And you know, we had so much help on it from an amazing team at Adobe, an amazing team at the agencies, an amazing amazing team at the production company that put the whole thing together. But they built these three tunnels. Um outside in downtown LA and they projected all the work that we had captured onto these tunnels. And these tunnels are like probably like 15 feet high and they go down like 30, 40 feet. So they projected them on all sides inside and they would play the sounds and show all the visuals we created, video, photo, animations, collages and stuff to make you feel like you were there in Patagonia. Um, the other two tunnels for different projects one was like um africa one was australia so it, it was just it was a really cool experience as a student um and then that just grew into you know projects different projects with them so sorry that was a little all over the place no, that's that's such an interesting first project i think that's really too like i don't think students take enough opportunities in college like that's one thing i wish i would have done is is leverage the resources there's just so many resources available there's so many people that are down to help you so many people that will just speak to you because you're a student <laughs> you know like they're like people need to take like if you're in college right now and you're doing anything in the creative space like take full advantage like there might be grants literally available at your school you can get money to do the things you want to do like you'd be surprised like what's out there yeah, I cannot emphasize what you said. You just said, I can't emphasize that enough. If you're listening right now and you are a student, take full advantage of it from yeah, everything you said from the grants, just especially people willing to speak to you and help you out or whatever that they would normally just turn down or not have time for automatically. But you'll get in there because you're a student. Take full advantage because that does not last forever. So what type of services are you offering these brands when you work with them normally it goes it, it's a pretty broad spectrum so a lot a lot of the times it'll just be companies reaching out maybe for strict just straight photo work they've already got direction they've already got a whole deck and just they've already got the whole campaign planned out which is fine um and yeah i'll just be the photographer i'll execute their vision basically and then my favorite though is when you build a relationship and you build so much trust that the client will start to trust you so much that they'll give you input or they'll love your like suggestions and things like that. And so I guess from, yeah, I'll pitch them whole projects, all the marketing aspects, all the data, all the stuff you're talking about, you know, like the conversion rates and you know, how much, how many people this will reach or how much money it could potentially bring in just the whole thing, like the full production from the direction, the creative, 
all of it. And, you know, that kind of goes back to value real quick about how much value you can bring to the table if you can do everything for them and stay on brand, um, which is super hard. But if you can stay on brand and take care of all that stuff for them, they'll love you. And those could be really, really big projects for you. I love that. What are, so like, do you have a team when you're executing on these like bigger projects or is it just you or what does that, what does that look like? Yeah, no, for there's sure. Guys, there's guys where you don't really realize they have like a huge, like Chris Burke, you know, Chris is one of those guys, right? Chris, yeah. he, his name is the, is his brand and is his business. Mm-hmm. Chris has like a team, you know, revolving around him. And that guy is busy, you know, working on, yeah. like <laughs> he does busy. a lot. He's a busy man. And so <laughs> I'm curious to like what, you know, what, what, what your stuff looks like, your business. Yeah similar to Chris's structure, obviously I'm not nearly as big as him. Um, he's a, he is a huge inspiration of mine and he is an incredible storyteller, but yeah, very similar structure from what I don't know him personally, but I've seen like some of his shoots that he goes on, he'll have a small team, but his small team like mine is so effective and so talented that they can accomplish what it might take a huge production. And yeah, like I said, it depends. I did, there's this, big shoot commercial shoot for Volvo recently. And they probably had over a hundred people on set doing the, all the, I don't know, all the stuff is running on TV right now, but I just did, I did the photos and the stills for that. But yeah, just, I'm a huge believer in teams. Um, you can always make more together. You can always create greater things together. So yeah, I guess it depends on the project, but when I'm out, um, if it's like video based, I'll have like, you know, two video guys. So yeah, the phase one thing I'd, my two guys, Mason and Roddy, unbelievably talented um, video guys. Uh, my girlfriend Mackenzie was doing the stills behind the scenes photos of that. We had a couple other people out there. Should but... I hear Mackenzie? What was that? <laughs> I said, "Wish you were here, Mackenzie." <laughs> <laughs> Cold out. She'll like that one. Uh, yeah. No, I, I try. I keep the team small, but just so because we're always in crazy remote locations and stuff but yeah it depends on the project everything depends on the projects usually yeah i'm all about the small seal team i think that's definitely the future of creativity not the 100 person sets yeah um yeah there's just a lot of adds a lot of extra layers and a lot of work and um unless you're like producing a movie and even movies i mean dude like parasite (laughs) you know what i mean have you seen that I have not seen it. I've heard bro, crazy things about insane. it. Insane! It's so good, and it's so. I mean, bro, it just. I feel like it just flipped like Hollywood cinema on its head. And you look at the budgets and like the crew size and nothing compared to like these massive movies. And this thing is just such a. It's like the best movie I've seen in so long. And so it's as a creative, it's super inspiring to just be like, wow, like yes, that's what it's about. Like doing less you know, doing more with less, you know, having small teams, but having like real creative people, really talented people and doing awesome work is a lot more exciting than being on, you know, some massive set, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and it's overkill. Yeah. A lot of time it's overkill. Just, yeah, it depends on the shoot and stuff. And yeah, in these remote locations, it's a lot easier to travel around with a group of three, four five or six people versus traveling with 50 people how do you feel about how brands are like communicating with creatives like what do you think the future 
is of, I mean, we live in this crazy world, right, of like influencers and and influencer marketing, and then there's like creators that are kind of influencers, but they're not really influencers, they're actually really just like really dope creatives that a lot of people love their work and everything in between, and then brands trying to, you know, we grew up with television and brands could kind of force stuff, you know, in Mm -hmm. front of you, but then like the younger generation, you know, we kind of became numb to just commercials and advertisements in general really so it's like how do you see brands communicating with their consumers in the future yeah um, or in the 20 let's just say the 2020s like now you know (laughs) yeah no i i love the direction that the world is evolving in right now especially in the marketing media ad space um it's so different in the coolest, most amazing way. Like, you know, before it was a lot of print or, you know, it was TV and, but now it's, it's everywhere. And, you know, whether it's Instagram or as much as I hate to say it, and hopefully not with all the like TikTok stuff, whatever, there are just so many channels for people to just create work or be able to work. Um, so many different ways for brands to reach people now. And yeah, all those ways to reach people are, different ways for people to be creative and call it work. So I think it's really cool. It's providing creators so many different options. Like I'm sure everyone's heard of before, like all the parents or just older people like, Oh, like a photographer is just, it's just never really something that like people are like, Oh, nice. Like you're, you want to grow up to become a photographer. You know, like people just don't really say that to kids. Like they're like, Oh, awesome. My son wants to become a doctor my daughter wants to become a lawyer or something. You know, parents would always want to hear that back in the day or whatever it might be, but it would, it would never be, Oh, awesome. Like Tommy told me he wants to be a photographer, you know, but now it's like the starving artist thing is going away. Um, in my opinion, like it's, it, it can be very rewarding, rewarding, um, and fun for people to get creative now and they can call it work and make it work. It's awesome. I love it. Right. What about specifically, I guess, like how brands like communicate through their marketing? Like if let's just say you are running a Volvo campaign, you just shot a Volvo campaign. But if if you were going to promote a Volvo, how would you do it? Like if you were the president of Volvo and like you, it was all whatever Andrew Ling wants to do with, you know, he has the marketing budget and he can do anything he wants. What do you think brands like in your from your perspective, your opinion what do you think brands should be doing to engage, you know, people on social media? I think it all, of course, and this is where like my business background comes in with the marketing and stuff. Um, so I always, I'll think for what the target market is that the brand is trying to reach. So like Volvo might not be trying to reach, you know, like 16, 17, 18 year olds to buy a Volvo. So they might stay with the more traditional, you know, campaigns on TVs, television, you know, TV spots, um, YouTube ads, print ads, billboards, and things like that. They might not do as much Instagram. Um, I think they still do and stuff, but yeah. So for that shoot, that's what they needed me for. They needed me for like the print big old school shoots, but yeah, for another brand that if it's appropriate for target market, like, uh, hyper ice, like the massage guns that are going crazy everywhere like they're crushing it on social right now and you know they're not doing like big tv spots like volvo might be but yeah like i said it's a different target 
market, different audience. Um, but yeah, they're heavily invested in social and they're crushing it. So it's, it's really cool to see how different brands are, you know, they might be going towards all these new channels or they might be staying old school, but it depends on, depends on them. What are some hurdles that you've encountered while building your business and, and personal brand? Oh, so many. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's hard. It's it's everything. Everything is very saturated. It just takes. Like I feel like a lot of people want to, you know, quit corporate or whatever and start their own business and do their own thing, which is awesome. But I think some people think it's like easier or something, but it's not. Like the minimum you'll be working is the forty hours a week, probably more. Like if you're working corporate, go put in your forty whatever cool but like if you go do your own thing it's not going to be less than that it might even be double like you might be working 60 70 hours like you just you never stop working when you're working for yourself there's always more to do but that's just like i love it like that's just my personality i love to just grind yeah sorry i might have gone off track there <laughs> no you're good yeah i think that work ethic is important um, you're also young too. So like when you're like when I was your age too, 26, I was, I was all about grinding as I've gotten older. I'm 31. Now I'm, I focus more ideally on putting systems in place, you know, to create operational success so that I don't have to grind as hard because I don't enjoy doing just like busy work anymore. You know, my right. ideally I'm sinking my teeth into like solving big challenges and working on big problems. And then hopefully that can automate some of the, just like, silly tasks that just take up time um but in the beginning it's important i think to to grind and to learn as much as you possibly can you know before moving on to you know the next steps and at the same time it's kind of like it comes in waves i'm sure your creative work comes in waves too to where there's times where you have a lot more time to read and learn and grow and, and focus on things and do other things spend time with friends and family and then there's times where you're just like the water, you know, you're in a class five rapid and the, like you're just busy. <laughs> like you are just client work, all this stuff. And it's like drinking out of a fire hose and it just kind of comes and goes depending on the season and, and, and what's going on. So I'm sure we can all relate to that. Anything else you want to, I guess, add on the business side? Yeah. Kind of just going off of, yeah, a lot of what you're saying is just kicking me off. So thanks for doing all the work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess one of the challenges that kind of brought up in my head is just starting off, like a lot of brands or companies might look at you as being young or early on in your career as, you know, they might see it as being inexperienced or something like that. Um, and yeah, that had, that had been a challenge that in many cases, definitely, but, you know, take that as literally a challenge, go out there and prove yourself, prove them wrong because your work should hopefully will speak for itself. Um, and then, yeah, again, another unpopular answer and people might be like, this guy's horrible, but just to keep it real, like a lot of brand that stigma is in place for a reason. Like people might be like, Oh, you're young. We don't want to work with you. It's because experience, it does truly come with age and you know, you'll grind and you'll get experience. But again, I guess to play both sides on the other side of that, it does, that's not always fact. You can be super talented, have put in a ton of work and be amazing as a young artist. So, you know, if that's the case, if 
you feel like your work is truly, truly there, don't let your age hold you back. Even if the company might be, you know, just initially be like, Oh, this guy's young. Like, you know, let him know. I, I love that. Him. I love that. If you got it, you got it. Like this yeah, is an age thing. Like you can put 10,000 out, like you can put in the work. Like it doesn't matter if the dude's 40 or if you're the 20 year old kid that that's all you do 18, 19 hours a day. Um, and so I, I love that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. If you, if you put in the work, let them know. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but if you haven't keep grinding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And you'll get there. Um, and sometimes you get lucky too. Like that's the crazy yeah. thing in life. When reality kicks in, you can be not that talented and, and just get lucky and yeah. vice versa. And so, um, the world's a crazy place. You just never know. But I de- like most people, if you're working hard and you have talent and your and your work's good, like you'll be all right. What would you say some of the most memorable experiences are that you've had through your travels? Mm, let me mm, probably Alaska. Just something, anything. I don't know. I go to Alaska a whole bunch. Every every project I'm getting now, or every client I'm talking, I'm trying to pitch them to you know, do something in Alaska. I just, I love it there. It's, it's just so wild. Every time I go is a great time. This last project there with, you know, flying over the Alaska range and shooting from the airplane or taking snow machines and up to the face of a glacier is just, that's always fun. Yeah. Just, I just love Alaska. (laughs) All my memories there, all my experiences there. It's just, it's just simple living there. Like people just mind to themselves. People aren't, you know, caught up in a ton of the stuff that we are. And I'm caught up in here, um, in the city and stuff like that. It's just, they find the important things and kind of just focus on those things, which I love. Just remind it's it, reminders. They're reminders to me of what's, what's really important in my life and what I value. So every time I go, there's a great time. I dig that. Alaska is a place I got to go check out. I'm not, I mean, Idaho gets pretty cold. I don't enjoy the cold. All that I got like zero percent body fat, dude. So like I'm like that dude that's just like <laughs> shredded, Prince yeah. is shredded, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but do not do, like I'm the guy like we hop, you know, we'll be on the paddle boards and we jump in the water and we get out and I'm shaking for the next hour, <laughs> like look like a five year old kid. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds um, awesome as well. But Alaska is definitely like uh, you ever been to Gates of the Arctic? I have not. Yeah, that's on the list. I'll Dude. be there. I've been there next time we talk. <laughs> Dude, wow! Um, I've seen some an amazing, amazing imagery from there. That place just looks magical. I'm stoked that you're going. Um, it's on my list, but I'm just like, it's just cold, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's just yeah, for people who don't know, like a lot of a lot of Alaska is just not accessible by car whatsoever. The, most of Alaska is not accessible by car. You either got to take a small plane or a boat or something. Um, yeah, there's, it's hard to get around there, but that makes it really rewarding. For sure. What's a typical day look like for you when you're not in quarantine? <laughs> I was going to say in quarantine, it looks like. <laughs> uh, uh, that depends. They're, they're kind of two parts. So it's the two parts are either it's if I'm on a shoot, which is just crazy days or if i'm just in the office just at home at the desk very businessy very boring days um not eh, kind of but not not super boring but just just necessary things sitting at the computer 
like uh which one which one do you want to hear about going out on the shoot or regular office day in the life computer work um both okay i'll try yeah, to keep give, us the, give us the high level yeah give us the high level on both the highlight reel High love <laughs> highlight reel at home is in the morning getting coffee um I have a coffee problem. So that's always literally, yeah, after getting that brush, my teeth are coffees, number one. Um, and I'll just get straight to the emails, you know, whatever's needed from whatever clients are I'm engaging with at the time. And then after I get all my emails out, I will just be working on the projects. And a lot of the time that might be on the front earlier end of projects where I'm still pitching, I'm still coming up with ideas um, for the client and, you know, what I want to do for them or what I can do for them. Or sometimes that's, you know, on the tail end, wrapping up, delivering projects. And then everything else is kind of just a lot of like processing, image processing, um, processing the projects, putting the stuff, putting the things together. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place with these answers just because I like to do a wide, wide variety of work. So, you know, if it's a, big sports project i might be pitching ideas um if it's this big phase one project i might be working on this video so it's just a lot of multimedia work um or just office work yeah so that's the home part you know fit in dinners chill time and whatnot but yeah so that's the high level just at home part very simple office work on the road it can get pretty crazy so you know now when i'm getting busier like there'll just be times where i'll be coming home from a location getting off the flight coming home to repack for like two hours and then heading back to the airport to fly somewhere else and that's always really hectic just packing organizing and then when i'm out on the trip obviously just getting up super early for that sunrise light shooting when we can when the lights get and then we'll take like a little break midday if the light's not good, if it's not what we want to shoot and just kind of hang out and just enjoy the places. Um, and then at the end of the day, of course, sunset, shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, and then, you know, just wrap, get dinner, have a little meeting in the evenings for, you know, what went well, what didn't go well today and then what tomorrow will look like and whatnot. So, and then just repeat for however long the shoot takes. Dope. That's cool. It's always nice getting a glimpse inside, you know, people's just, what an average day looks like in the office out in the field is that so that so you're one of those guys that drives the land rover yeah yeah, (laughs) the the machines of many many problems and leaks yes (laughs) bro what is that like like it always i mean it all like i'm that guy it's like dude having a land rover would be so freaking dope but then you like think about it like is it really practical like is it really though all that (laughs) like yeah it seem like that practical yeah, no, I'm like, I got uh, one of the small ones. It's the 90-inch wheelbase, so it's actually going around the city and stuff. It's super easy. It's small. It fits in just about everywhere. It's super short. Yeah, guess how many guess how many miles to the gallon I get in that thing? 12. Like 30. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's crazy. Cause it's a little diesel. Um, yeah, it's a diesel. I get, yeah, I get about 25 to 30 miles to the gallon in that, so everyone's always shocked when they hear that. That's so epic. Which I love, yeah, because it, it it looks like it gets like twelve or something or less, but yeah, no, it's cool, it's fun, but that's uh, keeps me busy. Yeah, those things, those are, dude, yeah, they're just such fun, fun vehicles. Um, but it's just rare that you find someone, especially 
someone as young as you, bro, just freaking whipping. See you. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. It's fun. Yeah, those are those are fun fun rides. We were bombing around. We took a trip to New Zealand, and oh, sick. Uh, you know Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Garrett. Yeah, so Garrett and a handful of us were out there and just mobbing around in these freaking defenders, and we were just through rivers, mountains, just everything. And like, dude, we didn't fill up one time. Now that I think yeah. about it, like we didn't fill up for gas, and I kept tripping. Like, yo, like we've been. <laughs> we've been in this thing for so long today there's no way we haven't like we're gonna run out of gas any moment but uh it must have been a diesel too bro because we were just mobbing yeah i bet they probably had big gas tanks too huge crowd you guys might have had like an extended gas tank as well yeah never run out (laughs) I'm, i'm i'm curious about life lessons that you have would the young andrew ling like the the 10-year-old Andrew Ling be proud of the 26-year-old Andrew Ling? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, would, I, would like to, I would like to think so. Um, yeah, I guess life lessons, I'm, I would say get a mentor, find a mentor. Um, I'm just so grateful for the re- relationships I've been able to build um, with people that I've been able to learn from. And that has just saved me so much trouble and just, you know, wanting to quit or something, probably just, yeah, finding a good mentor, someone that believes in you, someone that supports you, um, someone that, you know, can teach you how to not screw up (laughs) too much, you know? Um, yeah, that's really big for me. I'm really grateful for everyone that's, you know, kind of helped guide me along the way and helped me out and just, you know, supported me this whole way. And, yeah, huge on that. Dude, I love that. I've had uh, many mentors in my life, um, whether they mean it or not, like whether they know it or not. I feel like sometimes people like think like a mentor is like someone you have to like go ask and like, hey, what you meant? Like, it's not even that. Sometimes these, like these are people that you may not even realize it might be a year later and it all clicks and you're like, holy cow, like because of them and these conversations, I am now here where I am today you don't realize that, you know, until a year later or whatever it is. And so, uh, mentors are all around you. Yeah, no, exactly. When I was going to, when I was in school, I was like, I was like one semester quarter. I don't even know what system we were on. I was like a few weeks from graduating. We had been working months and months on like a real client classroom project thing. Um, and then one of my professors at the time had, I was like, I was a student, you know, I was like, oh, hey, I've got to miss this like huge final project that our team, our group has been working on for months and months because like this company, Adobe wants me to go to like Patagonia. Like, what do I do? And then she's like, screw the project, just go. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, ever since then, we've built a great, great relationship. And yeah, we meet every couple months still just to chat, just catch up on life. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah, I'm at a loss for words of how, how grateful I am for that relationship. She's just always supported me. Shout out professor Tankum, Liz. Um, yeah, I just, I don't even know if she knows that. So it might be kind of funny or weird for her to hear, but yeah, just that amount of support, the excitement that she had expressed for me to go out and chase that opportunity meant so much to me. That was 
a big push in helping me realize or believe that, Hey, I could maybe make this a career. Um, so yeah, I don't even know if she knows that, but yeah, that was a big push of support for me to help me believe that I could turn that into a career, which was amazing to me. So unbelievably grateful for that. That's rad, man. You're blessed in, in, in that aspect. I just had a damn question. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to, oh yeah. So I know I keep talking about how young you are. I'm like, dude, you're so young. And I don't mean it like, dude, you're like a child. (laughs) I mean it like, uh, (laughs) as in like 26 is such a rad spot because you're, you're young enough to where you're still free. You're doing your thing, but you're not like 31 to where you're like starting to think about like, okay, you should probably like, you know, I'm about to get married (laughs) probably going to have some kids here real soon. You know, you start thinking about different things. You're still just like in your element of you you get, you just get to be a lot more selfish at that age, as far as like taking risk and doing things that you Mm -hmm. want to do. So I'm curious, what are some of your, like you're crushing it right now. You're having fun. What are some of your big life goals or dreams that are, you know, maybe out 10 years, 20 years you ever think about that uh, stuff? Do you have like a big vision for anything outside of what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, man, this could be a crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a big dreamer. I have big goals. Yeah, I guess down the road, I would like to own just like the most beautiful studio somewhere that just is just a huge warehouse space. I want to just have like a bunch of Land Rovers in there I can work on for like a little garage section. I want to have a studio I can be able to do and produce shoots in like little office area. Um, yeah, just like a place. Yeah. Like a warehouse area near the beach or something. I don't know. I've got weird dreams. That was messy, messy. Yeah. It, it changes a lot though. I know that one, one thing for certain is I just, I want to, I want to keep doing what I do. I want to grow it to as big as possible. I want to be producing full on just huge campaigns, um, global campaigns with hopefully an amazing team, you know, just keep doing what I'm doing and just hopefully grow it as much as I can. And yeah, that, I guess that that's what stays consistent. Nice. Yeah. I'm always just, I'm always curious, you know, some people, don't think about it, you know, and some people think about it a ton and and everything in between. I don't think there's any wrong or right answer, but I'm always just curious, you know, um, and that, that sounds awesome, dude, the, the big warehouse and Land Rovers and shoots and working on, dude, I mean, that's what life should be about, right? Like engineer it. Like you can either just like let life take you by the wayside or you can be the architect of your life and create a life around the things that you love to do through, you know, your vision. Exactly. Yeah. You nailed it right there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks for summing up my dreams. For me. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, we're, so we're coming to an end here to wrap up the podcast. I normally leave our guests um, and allow them to more or less leave some parting words of wisdom or love for the AOV community. And so, Um, especially during these times, you know, people are, you know, around the world in just different headspaces right now. And sometimes people just need to hear a little something encouraging. And so with that said, I'll let you go ahead and leave the community with some, some words or to your followers. I mean, too, like, I know you get a lot of questions and and various things from people I'm sure on your Instagram. So like now is just kind of like a, a chance to kind of blanket, just, you know, share some words with everyone. Yeah, I think I'm just I'm just really grateful for just everyone and all the support to all those people. Yeah, I guess if you 
you're looking for like advice like i, I don't know, just, i'm always just in my head like the words is oh sorry parting words i just i have so much admiration and love for just everyone that is just creating and just grinding out there um I'm not gonna lie to you like i have my moments of like i'm like oh everyone's a you know doing this doing that but you know, I always try to catch myself and flip the perspective. Like I love how much creativity there is. I love the hustle. I love the grind that all the time that everyone is putting in, um, everyone's supporting each other. And especially yeah, through these times right now, I think it's just a great time to, again, just put the perspective of just being grateful for this opportunity to kind of just remind ourselves of, you know, how we can spend this time like everyone's just before in the world, everyone's like, Oh, we don't have enough time to like take care of ourselves or whatever. Well, like now you all have it, you know, like, and I don't want to be like ignorant of, you know, people who are struggling right now. Um, but you know, great for resources and things like that out there to help everyone. But it's just, it's a great time for people to kind of work on themselves right now, work on, work on to, to work on whatever they have always dreamed of wanting to work on. Like you have Everyone has all the time in the world right now. So, I don't know. (laughs) I love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Got a little jumbled up. (laughs) Andrew Ling. Make sure to follow my boy at Andrew Ling on Instagram. Andrew, it's been a a huge honor and and pleasure to to sit down with you and and chat with you. It's been long overdue. I know we've been trying to set this up for a little minute, so it's stoked to finally see this come to fruition. And thank you. And... Be sure to subscribe and share this episode and stay tuned for another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. The MSI Creator Awards is honoring creative professionals all over the world who are dedicated to 2D graphic design, 3D animation, and video editing. MSI created the online contest to explore and recognize the talents in the industry. Get ready to let your imagination run wild and showcase your unlimited creativity with MSI content creation. Submissions run until May 13th and prizes will be awarded within four categories. Learn more at MSI.com.